You've probably heard it all before, but this time, let Dr. Lanker connect the dots in a way that makes the Christian faith come alive. I'm your host, Dr. Jason Lanker, and I'm here to help you connect the dots. As a pastor and professor for the last 30 years, I want to help you not only understand the Christian faith, but to make it a transformative part of your everyday experience. Join me as we connect the dots. I think we're all familiar with the creation narrative that we find in Genesis 1, but what does that creation narrative actually have to tell us about who God is? Well, the first thing that stands out to me is the word create. That word bara that we find there has the same meaning in Hebrew as it does in English. It can mean to create something out of nothing, but it can also mean to form, just like you would form a committee or a family doesn't mean that that husband and that wife, that male and that female didn't exist before that moment. It was that they created a family when they were put together, when they had order together. And so that is at the heart of what many scholars believe is being said in Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, God brought order to the heavens and the earth. And when we talk about creation in this way as more of an ordering rather than a making the elements, it actually fits better with what we know about the ancient Near East. They were much more interested in the functions of all the things that they found, like the sun, the moon, the stars, the clouds, and humans. We're more interested in what made that thing. We want to ask and answer, is this defending evolution? Is this defending creationism? How did it all work? When we look at the text, I really believe that's the wrong question to ask because that's not the question that the original audience was asking in any way. It has to make sense to the original audience, and that is the most important. When we grab that in their time, then it can speak more deeply to us and the questions that we really should be asking. Questions that sometimes will make us reevaluate what a text is actually all about. And that's what I believe Genesis 1 in the creation narrative is really getting at. It's trying to tell us about who God is and how he works in all of his creation, not specifically about how the substances were formed and in which order they happened. There are several reasons why I think this is the case. First, in Genesis 1-2, it says that darkness was there and that the Spirit was hovering over the surface of the deep. When we get to Genesis 1-3 and the creation of the first day, that separating of light and darkness... If God created those things in that time, then there wouldn't be darkness in that moment beforehand. And if the seas were created in the second day, then there wouldn't be the deep mentioned in verse 2. So the elements being present in those first verses give us the sense that, hey, there is the elements already in place. God's now going to order them. And that's exactly what's seen in the words tohu and vobohu. The world was formless and void. We tend to think of that as there's nothing there. But the words actually have more of the sense of there's no order. It's just chaos there. And so what God's going to do is he's going to take two sections of creation. The first we find in the first three days. He's going to, in the first day, create time. In the second day, he's going to create weather, and in the third day, he's going to create food. 
These are the three basic functions needed for all of life. After creating those, in the same exact order, he's going to create lights in the heavens, which correspond with the light that he created in day one. These will help to show the days, the seasons, and the years. Corresponding to the second day and the fifth day, he'll create the water and sky animals. And on the sixth day, corresponding with the land created in day three, he'll create the land animals and man. What you'll notice is that every day has a corresponding partner to it, except for day seven. And that was how ancient people showed what was important. They were saying what we are not used to hearing that man is not the pentultimate expression of God's greatness in his creation. It's actually rest. Rest is the one that doesn't have a pair to it. And that fits with everything we know about the ancient Near East and their religious perspectives. You can imagine. They're living hand to mouth. What is the thing that is going to be most appealing to them? That there is a place of order. There's a place where they can sit down and actually live life without deathly fear of what might happen to them or to their children or if they'll be alive tomorrow. In the ancient Near East religious stories about the creation, what we find is the enthronement of their God. Not on the seventh day, like we find in the Holy Scriptures, but on some day, and on that day when they take up their throne, they are defined and said to be taking up rest. Now, analogy I think that may help us understand this is that if someone was going to build a car, they could have all the elements in place, but until they put the engine in the car, it's never going to run. But even if they put the engine in the car, it's not going to run until there are pistons in a crankshaft that actually move this power into actual movement of the vehicle. You could put a steering wheel in the car, but it's not going to be directed until you put wheels on the vehicle. That's exactly what happens in this creation narrative. The light is good, but it doesn't really mean much until you have the light-bearing objects within creation. And that's that parallel going back and forth. At the end of it, though, is what you would define as rest. Once the mechanic has put this car together, they take a seat in the driver's seat. They rest in that seat. And once they rest in it, it isn't that they're going to go take a nap. It's that they're finally finished putting the thing together. It's in its proper place. It's ready to do what it's been made to do. Now as its designer, they're going to drive that thing into the ground. And they're just going to make the most of it. And that's exactly what's being portrayed within this narrative. That God takes his seat upon the throne of creation. And he is fully in control, and he is going to drive this thing for as long as he wants to drive it. So we can see that this creation narrative is insightful and important to us for many reasons in understanding who God is. First, God is present in the chaos. He's not absent from it. He doesn't show up when it gets really bad. He's already in the darkness, hovering over the surface of the deep before he ever steps in to bring order. God is there in our chaos. When things seem out of place, when we're deathly afraid, when we don't know how it's going to be put together, he isn't absent 
and then just going to show up at some point when he makes everything right. No, he's with us in those moments, and we can be assured of his presence. He's always acted like this. The second is that God is in opposition. Like all ancient Near East gods, he is in opposition to chaos. And he is going to bring order. That's what he desires more than anything else. He's going to give everything its purpose and set it in its place. Now, what we need to realize is that not only will he set things in his place, but he will set us in our place. And we oftentimes have a really hard time with being told what to do and what our place is and how we need to work under God's control. We want God to be working for us to achieve our ends. But the creation narrative says, no, 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 this is God's creation. He orders it. He puts it the way that it needs to be. And when he does, he always takes a seat. And he controls the day-to-day. He moves, he motivates, he accomplishes what needs to be accomplished. God did not just set things in order in the past, but he is orchestrating it in our day-to-day. And as we rest and rely on his power to put things in order and to be present even in the chaos, that's when we really begin to experience God to his fullness. So what does it mean that God created the world? It's not just that the elements were put into being by him. More importantly, what the creation narrative tells us about who God is, is that he's always there. He has a plan and he will see it to its end. I hope that this encourages you and guides you in your day to day and that God can create new life in you and through you this week. If you enjoyed listening today, please subscribe to our podcast. And if you'd like more information, please visit us at drjasonlanker.com. That's D-R-Jason-L-A-N-K-E-R. May you go in the grace of God, and may you not just understand the Christian faith, but live it more fully this week.